Amen. We like to honor the youth and just let them know that they're special and we appreciate them and we want them to stay in church. Just because you graduate high school doesn't mean you graduate church. Can I get an amen? Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> One minister said his son, when they had summer school, they said, well, yeah, I don't have to go to church. We don't go to school, so I don't have to go to church during the summer. He said, no, that's not how it works. Amen. Serve the Lord every day of our lives. Amen. Well, let's bow our heads and receive this word that the Lord has for you today. Father, we just thank you for your word, your precious word that can enrich our souls and give us hope and strength in every day that we face the situations of life. We just give you praise and glory and honor for what you're going to do today. In Jesus' name, amen. So after praying uh, this week on what to minister to you, the saints of God, the precious saints of God, the children of the Most High, uh, I, I came up with a topic called Take the Next Step. And so then after talking to people, they said, yeah, we, that's apropos because I'm getting ready to take a next step, whether it be in your career, whether it be in a job, whether it be in school, whatever you're doing in life, you have to take the next step. God wants to bring you to another place and a place where he has called you to be. Praise the Lord. You can't just stay, uh, you know, uh, circling the waters. What do they call that when they just... Uh, stagnant, but what do they call it when you tread water? You can't just tread water. You got to keep going, praise God. So uh, we're going to look at a passage in the Old Testament with Saul. And what a remarkable story this is. Saul is just an ordinary guy. And all of a sudden, Samuel comes and says, I'm gonna, the Lord says, you're going to be king of Israel. What an intimidating proposition that is. How would you like that to be you? where God comes to you and says, I have a plan, I have a purpose for you. Actually, he does has a plan and purpose for you, and he wants you to move into that direction. He wants you to take the next step. Now, speaking about taking the next step, Charles mentioned that we went to an annual convention, an Anaheim uh, Convention Center, celebrating 100 years of the four-square denomination. That's amazing, isn't it? Now, it all started with a lady named... Amy Semple McPherson. I want to give you a little history about her because she took the next step. She was born on a farm in 1890, and uh, she acknowledged the call to preach the gospel. It was so in her, she had to do it. And so what she did is she took her two kids, got into a car. She called it her gospel car. We have a picture of it here. It says, Jesus is coming soon. Get ready. She traveled all over the United States preaching. She had a broken down tent that had a hole in it, but that didn't stop her. She kept preaching. Now, this is in 1917, before women could even vote, let alone preach. But she didn't care about that. She wanted to preach the gospel. It was so much in her. She had so much passion. One person said, I want to come and hear you speak as a woman. And she said to him, I hope you want to hear the Lord speak to you. Don't, it doesn't matter, man or woman, right? It's the Lord that's speaking to them. So she... Uh, came all over the United States. Then she settled in Los Angeles. The Lord told you, I have given you the city. I want you to come here. So what she did, she built a temple, a 5,000-seat auditorium. Let's see that picture there. Can you imagine that? From, let's go back to the car. From the car to this. How did that happen? She took the next step. She just kept moving and preaching. There's one story where she went to a, a church, and there was only two members there. And so she preached her heart out, and the next day she came, and there were still only two members. And so she said, well, where, why didn't you bring anybody? 
And they said, well, we didn't know that we were supposed to bring somebody. So she went outside, got a chair, stood up on the chair, and just looked up to the sky like this. And people started gathering around wondering, what was she doing? And so when they crowd formed, she said, come, come, come inside here. I want to tell you something. And she told them, gave them the story of the gospel. And she was creative. She wanted to bring people to souls, uh, bring souls to Christ. Amen? Now, she did tremendous miracles, so much the so she invited everybody in the city to come out and bring your sickest people, the people that couldn't walk, that looked like they were going to die, bring them. So the ambulances brought, her to, brought them to Angela's Temple, and they dropped them off because they figured, oh, you're going to get healed, you can walk home, or you can get a ride home. That's confidence, isn't it? Now, she established a school to teach others how to minister the gospel as well. It's still here today called Life. It's called now Life Bible University. It's just down the street, and that's where I got my master's degree. She bought a radio station. Come on, talk to me. This girl, this girl is, she's no slouch. Okay, she bought a radio station, and she projected the, the, the gospel all the way to Africa. That's how strong it was. She established a magazine to preach the gospel. She established a commissary at Angela's Temple offering food, clothing, and blankets to people that need it. And during the Depression in 1923, she served over 1.5 million people. She was something else. And then she established the Foursquare Church, and her legacy continues to uh, work. She had passionate evangelism, worldwide missions in the name of Jesus Christ. And the Foursquare is the four symbols that she used as the Savior, baptized with the Holy Spirit, healer, and soon-coming king. It was derived from Ezekiel 10. So today, 100 years later, there's six, 60,000 churches and over 8 million members in 156 countries. But if she hadn't have taken the first step, this would have never happened. How about you? What has God called you to? Maybe it's not this worldwide evangelism, but maybe it's just to teach in children's church. Maybe it's just to serve somehow. Maybe it's just to reach out to your neighbor. Come on. we got to come out of our comfort zone, and we got to do something for the Lord. Let the Lord use you to do something that you hadn't thought you could do before. Praise the Lord. So... <laughs> Let's look at this, and we're going to look at, at Saul. Uh, like I said, he was, um, just, he was looking for some donkeys. He couldn't find the donkeys. They told him, go to the prophet Samuel. He went to the prophet Samuel. And let's look at the story in 1 Samuel chapter 10. All right? Then Samuel called the people together to the Lord at Mizpah and said to the children of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up uh, out of Egypt, into the promised land and delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians and from the hand of all the kingdoms and from all those who oppressed you. But you have today rejected your God, who himself saved you from all your adversaries and your tribulations, and you have said to them, No, set us a king. Therefore, present yourselves before the Lord by your tribes and by your clans. What they said is, We're seeing the other people, the other nations. They got a king. We don't have a king. And he said, Well, what do you need a king for? I mean, I did so much for you. I brought you out of Egypt. I parted the Red Sea. I fed you with manna. I put a fire before you to warm you at night. I put a cloud over there to protect you during the day. I brought water out of a rock. I've shielded you from scorpions and serpents. I've led you through this place to the promised land. Do you think a king could do that? 
God was a little offended. He was saying, like, oh, come on. You know, because it wasn't that he was opposed to having a king, but it wasn't the right time. How many of you know sometimes you need the timing of the Lord to do things? And so he was waiting for David to be mature and to be ready to come in, but the people kept crying out, and God said to Samuel, tell them this is what's going to happen. <laughs> a king, he's going to uh, conscript your sons to serve in the army. He's going to take your land. He's going to tax you. He's going to have your daughters serve in the courts and cook and serve and do all those things. If you want that, well, you can have it. Have you ever had your parents tell you things like that? You know, I don't know what you're doing with this boy. I don't know what you're, where you're headed with this job. I, I, you know, sometimes you hear a warning, but they, just, they didn't care about the warning. We want a king. We want a king. Okay, so here's what happened. <laughs> so Samuel caused, in verse 20, and Samuel had caused all the tribes of Israel to come near. The tribe of Benjamin was chosen, and when he had caused the tribe of Benjamin to come near the families, the family of Matri was chosen, and then this, and Saul, the son of Kish, was chosen. But when they sought him, he could not be found. Therefore, they inquired of the Lord further, saying, has this man come? Where is this, Sam? Where is this Saul guy? And the Lord answered, there he is, hidden among the baggage. So they ran and brought him from there, and when he stood among the people, he was taller than everyone there. He was head and shoulders over everybody, and he was tall and good-looking. Amen. <laughs> Y'all looking for a tall, good-looking man, amen? My wife was looking for a tall, good-looking man, so she got two out of three. Hallelujah. <laughs> She, she, she got dark and good-looking, but the tall, eh, well, we won't worry about that. Yeah. So, and Samuel said to all the people, do you see him who the Lord has chosen, that there is none like him among all the people? So all the people shouted and said, long live the king. Now, here at Newhart, we like to do illustrations. Did you know that? Even Amy Simple McPherson did illustrations. In fact, people from Hollywood would come and watch her shows, uh, watch her uh, productions, because they wanted to use it in her shows. She said, did, did we show the picture of, of, her, uh, of the congregation? 5,000 people, three services on Sunday, amen, for years and years and years. Look, this is amazing that they'd come and, and, and want to hear this. So... They're looking for uh, uh, Saul. So imagine, okay, let's go back now to the thought. Here, can you imagine this? Here, here they're going to have, they're going to anoint a king. They're going to show him to the children of Israel. They're so happy. They're so, so excited. It's the king that we really wanted. And so Samuel makes the announcement, okay, we're going to bring on Saul to you. And they look around, they go, well, where is he? Is he by the cross? Let's look, is he by the cross? No. Is he behind you? Is it behind you? Can you see behind him? I don't see him. We don't know where he is. Well, what did the Lord say? He is in the baggage. Where is the baggage? <laughs> Amen? Where's my, where's my Saul? Come hither, Saul, wherever thou art. Saul! <laughs> What happened to Saul? Where's Saul? All right, we'll come back to that later. Nowhere to be found. Okay. Uh, um, Richard, why don't you go find Saul for me? Be used of God. Okay, now, here's, 
here's, you know, I had, I had a bird trainer. I had a friend who was a bird trainer. And, uh, you know, I went to a show, and sometimes he wasn't able to uh, get the birds to do what they're supposed to do. And he had to ad lib. He had to work it into the, into the program. So that's what we're doing right here. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now, we saw Saul hiding in the baggage. Why he was hiding in the baggage is because he was afraid to take his God-given assignment. Well, there were three reasons why he was afraid. Are you ready for him? Let's see him up there on the screen. First, he's intimidated by his assignment. Secondly, he feels inadequate for the position, and he's insecure about his past. Let's look at this now. Have you ever taken a job that's too intimidating for you? A job that they say, well, here's your requirements. I know uh, Diane just got a job, and she was so happy. Oh, it's going to be wonderful. But she didn't realize all the requirements that was needed. Amen? And so sometimes we're intimidated by what we have to do. Ephesians says to be strong in the Lord. Continue to be strong in the Lord. Not just one point, but every day looking for the strength of the Lord. It's not your strength, but it's the strength of the Lord, giving you wisdom, giving you understanding, giving you uh, uh, direction in everything that you do. Praise the Lord. It's a continuing uh, uh, strengthening. So Israel looked around at the Midianites and the Amalekites and the Amorites and the Canaanites. They saw that all of them had a king, and they didn't have a king, so they wanted a king. They wanted to be just like everybody else. They wanted to fall into the culture of the times. You know, we have that same problem now, don't we? Our teenagers, our young people, they want to do what they do in the movies, do what they do on, on TikTok, do what they want to do in um, uh, the, uh, the music. All these things they want to emulate, but it's not, they're going in the wrong direction. There's no morals in these things. The people are doing crazy things. Praise the Lord. So they wanted a king. Do we have a king here? Saul, where are you? Saul. He's hiding in the bag. He's really hiding in the baggage, okay? We can't get him out. Saul, where art thou, Saul? Okay. We're going to keep going. <laughs> okay. So I suggest to you, the number one problem is that he was intimidated by his assignment. He, he couldn't believe that he could be a godly king over Israel. There was never a king over Israel. Sometimes you have to be a, 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 a barn burner, a, a breaker into realms that you've never been before. You may be the only one in your family that goes to school. You may be the only one that becomes a, a doctorate or a lawyer or whatever. Amen? When my son told me he was going to be a lawyer, I go, a lawyer? That's so foreign to me. I never, I mean, I'm a salesman, Marianne works for HR. You want to be a lawyer? Is that even possible? But he was groundbreaking. He wanted to move ahead, taking the next step. And so you know how you graduate law school? You just take one course at a time, just continuing to take it day by day, and before you know it, you're over. So he was talking to a lawyer friend that we met at the convention, and uh, she said, yeah, I feel bad when I fall asleep, when I take a nap during the day. And I asked my son, do you feel that way? He says, yes, because I was such on a time schedule. I had to study everything so much per day that if I fell asleep, I got behind on my schedule. Now, I don't have that problem. Amen? I take a, I take a, <laughs> I take a break. I take a nap. Whenever, amen, whenever there's a break in the action. So, <laughs> all right. Now, we're looking for Saul, right? 
He's hiding in the baggage. He's really hiding. It took him a long time to find this guy. But lo and behold, here is your king. Saul, Saul, come, come on out. There he is. Man, this guy is tall, good looking, head and shoulders above everybody. Amen. They said, now that's a king. Okay, he looks good on the outside, but guess what? Inside, he wasn't all that. He's a nice guy. He's acting, okay? This is acting, okay? <laughs> inside, Saul was not very spiritual. He had the part. He looked the part, but he wasn't able to do it. Now, why, why were you hiding? Why were you? Scared. You're scared, okay. So, what? Really scared. So here's what, here's, what Saul, here's what Samuel said. Behold, here is your king. And everyone said, long live the king. Amen. Thank you, Saul. God bless you. Ay, ay, ay. How can you get lost in a church like this? I don't know. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So Saul's number one problem was what? He was intimidated by his assignment. We can't be intimidated by... What, what are we, what, what's our assignment right now? Go get a first-time visitor for our visitor Sunday. Is that so hard to do? No. Is it, is it, do you have passion? Because you can't ask somebody, hey, uh, do you want to come to our church? You know, it's really a nice church, and the pastor's really nice, and... You'll have a good time. <sighs> no, you have to say, hey, we have a great church. I mean, the pastor loves everybody. They have skits. They have humor. It's wonderful. You ought to come. You'll be blessed. The Spirit of the Lord is there. Amen. There's good people there. Amen? You've got to come. Oh, you <laughs> You, 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 you got to come. You, you, you got to come. You got to come. You got to come. All right, thanks. Now... That's not so foreign because Laura Jean did that to her family. Isn't that right, Eddie? She grabbed him. She pulled him. She said, you got to come. And, and finally, I think it was Evangeline said, okay, okay, I'll come. You know, <laughs> you bother me so much, I just want to put, you know, put it to rest. And she came, and she was happy, amen? So you're doing a good thing for him, okay? So Saul's limitation was he didn't know how to be a king. He never saw it displayed. We know how to be a Christian. We know how to witness. We know how to do all these things that God has called us to do. We've got plenty of things on YouTube. You hear it all the time here. Let the passion of God take, care, take over. Amen? Just because uh, someone couldn't do it doesn't mean that you can't. Just because they didn't do it doesn't mean that you won't. Just because they failed doesn't mean that you won't succeed. Praise the Lord. Now, here's the thing. Uh, when you move out, when you take a step of faith, when God has called you to do something, he opens the doors ahead of you. Did you know that? One step at a time. You may not know what the, uh, what the future brings, but the Bible says the steps of a good man and woman are ordered by the Lord. So I was uh, at LPU for the graduates that were graduating, and they all had that same request. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what my next step is. I don't know what I'm, where I'm supposed to go. I said, be quiet. 
Don't you know in Psalms 139, it says all your days are written in a book. God's not stumped. You just keep stepping, keep walking, and God will open up the door. Be passionate. Do what God has called you to do. It's kind of like I saw this uh, minister with his son, and they pulled up into a, a hotel. And the little boy, he was only like five or six, he was trying to open the door, and he couldn't. It was too big, too heavy for him. And so the father said, go to the circular door, and you can push that door. And he goes, he looked at it, he goes, I don't think so, Dad. I mean, if I couldn't open up that door, how can I open up this big circular door? And he told his son, just start walking towards it. And when he started walking towards it, guess what? The door opened. He couldn't figure it out. Why? Because there's a sensor there that when you get close to where you're supposed to be, the sensor will open up the door for you. The sensor is the Lord. When you start walking in the ways that he wants you to go, he's going to open the door for you. Praise the Lord. So the second obstacle is that he felt inadequate for the position. The problem with Saul is, see, they were in the middle of a war with the Philistines, and they needed a warrior as a king. He's not a warrior. He never fought like David did. He never threw a rock at anything. And now they want him to be the military commander of Israel. He says, I can't, I, I can't do this. All I've been known, all my resume says, is that I'm tall, dark, and handsome. That will not win, you know, in a war. He can't get up there and go, well, boys, <laughs> just don't bother us anymore. No, you can't do that. <laughs> so, you know, we do not realize what's on the inside of us. You know, the kids that just graduated, what do they take? They take courses like algebra, chemistry, calculus. Do you think they're ever going to use that? No. But what does it show? That they have something on the inside of them that they didn't know that they had. They have the capability to understand and comprehend complex situations. That's what, that's what school is all about. So when you get to a situation where you're on a job where the Lord gives you an assignment, you have to know there's something greater on the inside of me. I have the mind of Christ. I have the power of the Lord on the inside of me. The Bible says, in Christ all the fullness of God dwell, and we are complete in him. There's nothing that, you, that God gives you that you can't do. He will give you the strength. You know, this, this uh, Amy, Amy Simple McPherson Building that temple, she built it debt-free. How did she do it? She got a contractor. She actually drew up the plans. Then she went out into the field, started ministering, got, in, got uh, honorariums, brought it back home, and gave it to them, and they built it a little bit at a time. But she could have given up and said, it's too big. I, I, I can't believe how big that thing is. And I, we go there and visit it every once in a while. But here, a girl in 1923... 27 years old, be able to do something like that. And then so I look at my life, and it just shames me. I don't know about you. <laughs> what do you do? We, we can barely get to church, let alone build a church. Amen? <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Are you, Amen. Put, you on my side here? <laughs> oh, pastor, I was too tired. I couldn't get up. I don't know. I was, uh, come on. All right. We, we can get to church. Amen? Amen. All right. So it's, it's not about acquiring knowledge. It's about how God can use you in the things that he wants you to do. Praise God. So the third thing that made uh, Saul afraid, afraid is what? He was insecure about his past. How many of you had a past that you're not really that proud of? Amen. I can raise my hand, okay? 
I was not voted the most likely to be a Christian, okay? In fact, when people found out I was a Christian, they said, what? How can that be? I said, well, you'll get over it. You know, you're always looking for things to do. And 40 years later, I'm still serving the Lord. Yeah. Praise God. So here's, here's what Saul said. He says, I can't be king because I come from the tribe of Benjamin, which is the smallest tribe. I come from the clan of Mat Matri, which is the smallest clan. And I come from the house of Kish, which is the poorest house. I don't have the qualifications. How can I be king? But, you know, that's the kind of person God is looking for. Someone that's not depending on their own strength or their own ability. Someone that's leaning upon the Lord. He's looking for someone that has Benjamin in their background. He's looking for someone that has Matri in their DNA. He's looking for somebody that has Kish on their resume. Someone that says, you know what, I'm broken. I, 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 I'm just here, Lord. Lord, use me any way you can. God can use a person like that. Yeah. Praise God. And that's you. So he said, I can't be king because of the stuff that I've had in my past. But God is looking for those kinds of people that are broken. He that is of a broken heart, broken spirit, God will use. He'll minister to him. So it's sad and sorrowful in life to watch someone live below and beneath their possibility. You don't want to get to heaven and God said, this is what I had planned for you and this is what you did. I, I, I walk in fear of that. I said, Lord, I got to... I know I'm, I'm supposed to have more things. I'm supposed to be more along. I'm supposed to have more miracles in my life. We're supposed to have a bigger church. Lord, teach me. Show me. How can, we, can I do that? Well, it takes a little bit of dedication, doesn't it? Amen? An Olympic athlete, they don't just like sit on the couch and hope and wait for something to happen. And all the people that I've listened to and le learned from that uh, had great ministries, they dedicate themselves. They put aside the sin that so easily besets them. They dedicate and, and sanctify themselves to be, have a purpose of seeking the Lord all the days of their life, allowing Him to impact, and crying out to the Lord with your whole heart. Amen? Say, Lord, I need you in my life. I know that's, what I, that's how I started when my wife and I first got married. Uh, we, had, we had a deficit in our spending <laughs> or income. You know, the, the income was uh, lower than the output. <laughs> so our upkeep was our downfall. <laughs> and so we, I had to believe God. I had to search and find out, God, I, you are the God of provision. Show me how you can bring uh, uh, monies to me. And I just cut crying out to the Lord, finding out that he is the Lord that provides. He's not just stuck on our our jobs, but he can bring monies from a thousand hills. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The earth is his and the fullness thereof. And so I started believing God and calling out, thank you, Lord, for an extra $100. Thank you, Lord, for an extra $500 this month. And it started coming. I don't know how it did. One time, my wife had an insurance policy, and uh, she got in a car accident, and they didn't want to pay. I don't know why it was, but she said, yeah, it's been three years and they haven't paid. I go, let's call them and talk to them. The angels of God go and minister. And sure enough, within about a month, they sent us a check. They didn't even talk to us. $300. Well, praise God. That's wonderful. But now we had to do it the next month. Every month, keep believing, watching God. And then my, my mom started sending us care packages. You know what a care package is? You know, toothpaste and, you know, toilet paper and all this stuff, you know. Came up to about, you know, $100, $150 a month. And I said, I said, that's good. My wife said, well, that's not cash. I go, no, it's not cash. But you know what? You can turn it into cash. <laughs> we would have to buy it. 
And so I just kept seeing God work in my life as I kept crying out to him. And then, guess what? When I wanted to be in the ministry, I was crying out to the Lord, Lord, I want to serve you. I want to be with you. I want to, you know, do your work and your will. And so the church that I was at, they uh, uh, needed a, uh, someone in administration, in finance. And so they called me. The pastor didn't even know I had an economics degree. He didn't know I was going through all this with the Lord, teaching me how to believe for, for monies. And so he said, can you take over the finances? I go, sure, absolutely. I went there, look at the books, and I go, you're $130,000 behind. He goes, yeah, I know. <laughs> Can you take care of it? Okay, praise the Lord. Well, what he didn't know is I used to work for a clinic that was $120,000 in the hole. God used me to get them out of it. So surely God would use me in his church, right? Because I kept crying out to the Lord, and I talked to my advisor. I said, I want to do, uh, I don't want to do secular work. I want to do, I want to do, you know, spiritual work, church work. He goes, prove yourself in the secular realm, and God will bring you up and, and do uh, his work. And so sure enough, he did. And sure enough, I've been believing God for finances. It's so easy now to believe God for finances because I've been there. I've paved the way. I've seen how he works. I know him. I know what he does. Amen? And so I want to know him more in every situation, everything that we're facing. Praise God. So uh, we don't want to see a man not maximize the moments that come to him where God has an opportunity open to you that you don't knock on the door and let it go to you. God creates possibilities, opportunities, and he wants you to have a future and have a hope. So I want to encourage you today, whatever your next step is, Whatever God has put in your heart to do, allow him to fulfill it in your life. But there's a certain dedication that you have to have. There's a certain commitment that you have to have. And as you do that, God will guide you and direct you in the way you're supposed to go. Can I get an amen? Amen. 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 Well, let's bow our heads and pray. Father, thank you for those that are here. I thank you, Lord God, that they're not uh, thinking that what you've given to them is an, that they're inadequate or they're intimidated or that they have a past that they can't fulfill it. But you, God, know their ways, and you know that you can bring them to the point where they can receive and do the things that you've called them to do. I give you, we give you the praise and the glory and the honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's just take a moment and just receive the word. Uh, sometimes you just have to seal that word in your heart. If the Lord's spoken to you, know that he's ushering in a new plan, a new way, so that you can fulfill what's in your heart. You don't want to go to heaven and say, Lord, you know, I was afraid. I didn't step out. I didn't do what you called me to do. So, Father, put it upon the hearts of the people to receive the call that you have for their life. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. We're receiving the communion right now. Jesus said, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. He gave his life. He sacrificed for us. And because he did, we can have life in him. Receive the elements.
Amen. Can I encourage you this week to spend more time with the Lord? Set a, set, set a time aside, even if it's more like five or ten minutes more than you usually do. Give your heart to Him. Open yourself up and let Him come in. Sometimes we're afraid to let Him come into our hearts because we have things that we really don't want to be exposed. It's kind of like that room that you have in the house that's all messy and you have company over and they, you tell them, don't go in that room. It's a mess. God says, I'll, I'll go in there. I'll clean it up. I'll straighten it up. I'll make it right. So open up your heart right now and say, Lord, come on in. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. He that opens the door, I will come in and have, I will sup with him. Father, sup with us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. There's the Lord right there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Oh, my Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I love you, Lord. Oh, praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, Jesus, when he was praying in the garden, he said, Father, if this cup could pass, please let it pass. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And he sweat, he sweat great drops of blood, resisting the temptation to not go to the cross. We have to resist the temptation of living in the world, put it aside, and spend time with Jesus. So, Father, we thank you that your son did the supreme sacrifice, giving his body unto us, symbolized in the bread, take and eat of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in the Old Testament, for a sacrifice to wipe away your sins, blood had to be shed. Jesus shed all of his blood. In fact, when they stabbed him with the sword, no blood came out, only water. He gave his, all of his blood. He wanted to make sure that everyone was covered. Every sin was taken care of. All the sins that you've ever committed are completely washed by the blood of Jesus. So take the cup, symbolizing the blood that was shed for you. I'm so glad I have Jesus. How about you? Amen.